Okay, guys, we've got something super special and exciting for you. I have the most amazing women next to me. Can I have some quiet? You're going to love this girl. Can I have peace in the room? Oh, there it comes. There it comes. Thank you, guys. I am so privileged to do what we're doing next. I'm going to interview the beautiful Katie. But the reason, before we start, the reason we're doing this isn't just a nice interview to hear about how amazing this woman is, but it's about when we hear stories where God transforms someone and then transforms their community, this is what it is all about. And I want you all and me as well, while she's speaking, just open your heart with faith to believe. If God can do it for her, God can do it for me and my community as well. And it's an absolute privilege to speak to Katie today. I love her so much. She's the most incredible woman. How she loves Jesus, how she loves her community is absolutely inspirational. And I love her so much. She's currently living in Fortaleza, which is northeastern Brazil, um, which is really exciting. And she lives right in the middle of the slum sort of favela area. They call them favelas in Brazil the slum area, which is incredible. And we can have some photos just on a roll so you can get a feel of where she lives. And I have the privilege of FaceTiming Katie every two weeks to support her, to love her, to encourage her. And between you and me, what actually happens is she inspires me, she encourages me, she challenges me. So we are absolutely super blessed to have this woman. So can we welcome Katie? I love her so much. She's awesome. So, Katie, Katie, quick fire. How old are you? 22. What's your 22? Nice. Single? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, where were you born? Christchurch. Pool. Pool. In Pool. Oh, hospital. hospital. Nice, nice. Where do you go to school? Twynham Secondary School. Twynham. So, just down the road from here. Yeah. Pretty cool school. That's where my kids go to school. Favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. Cheese. Cheese. Cheesy English, pizza. English cheese. Cheesy pizza. That's cool. Any brothers or sisters? My sister's over there. Oh, Woohoo! Yeah. She's gorgeous. Joe's awesome. Did you do A-levels? Yes. What did you do? Oh, no. English, maths, history, and half of geography. Nice. Go half. to uni? I did. Exeter. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, Woohoo! Studied English literature and Portuguese. Fantastic. And you went to did a ministry trip with Iris Ministries in yeah. Mozambique? In 2016, I went to Mozambique for two months to do their Iris Global's um, mission school. That's so cool. So tell us, Katie, when was the dream of moving to Brazil? When was that birth? When did that start? Well, it started in, oh, I don't know what year it was, when I was 13 yeah. um, and 2010, and I went to New Day, and there was a preach about the Father's heart, and Julian Adams was preaching. And at the end, he gave an invitation for people to not only receive the Father's heart for them, but to receive the Father's heart for others. And God wrecked me for his heart for street children and um, the poor and lonely um, in other countries. And so that was when I was 13. I think from that moment, I knew that I would go <laughs> to the nations. Um, didn't know it was like a call to missions then. That's what we call it now. Um, and yeah, but just really felt God's heart. Um, and then when I was 15, I was at West Point and I asked God where he wanted to send me. And he said Portuguese speaking nations. And then I found out that Brazil spoke Portuguese. And you know when something just lands in your heart and you're in love with a place and you've never been there. <laughs> um, and I just knew that I would spend my life living in Brazil. And that was where he was calling me. 
So that's where it started. So good, amazing. So when did you move to Brazil? How long ago? I moved in October 2018, so a year and four months ago. So good. So you've decided, Katie, not to live on the Iris base in Fortaleza, but move to the favela, the Salama sort of area. Can you tell us why that was? Yeah, so I lived on the base with other Iris Fortaleza missionaries for nine months. Um, but after a month of being in Brazil, um, I was in a prayer meeting and I was praying about where, which area I'd be working in because the base work in the favelas, which is the word for shantytown or slum or drug slum, um, and also in the red light district with prostitutes and transvestites. And I was really moved by both of um, the people group and I loved both the ministries, um, but I was asking God where he wanted to send me. And he said really clearly this, um, this community, this favela, um, and I just felt Jesus saying, like, will you, will you come with me and live here? And I really would just describe it as an invitation. It wasn't like a, you're going to live in here, because it's, it's a terrifying place. Um, and especially one month in, I was completely overwhelmed by it. But I just felt Jesus saying, like, I'm just in, like, would you, would you come and walk with me in this? Um, and I really love Jesus, and he's really fun. And I was like, well, if I can spend my two years with Iris with you living here, then yeah, let's do it. So, And then I moved in August, which, fun fact, I moved on the date, which was nine years to the date that I'd had the vision in New Day, at New Day. I didn't know that until I was looking at the dates, and Holy Spirit said, what date was the date in New Day? And I was looked back. And also, this is another fun fact, the vision I had at New Day was of a street and a house and one day I was walking, after I'd said yes to Jesus to come and live there, I was walking in this favela in Brazil, and I walked down a street I hadn't been down before, and it was the exact street for my vision. And I mean, like, I can't make that up, so it was amazing. So I'm living, like, exactly where God had called me and promised me. Isn't she amazing? Thank God, good. That's awesome, Katie. Yeah, go on. Yeah. So, Katie, just tell me a little bit about your community, a real honest sort of, tell me about the, about the need and the poverty that's there. So, Fortaleza is the city where I live. It's the fifth biggest city in Brazil, and it's the eighth most dangerous city in the world. Um, it's got very high rates of homicide. Um, for example, we just had carnival. Oh, well, I've not been there, praise the Lord. Um, they've just had carnival in Brazil this past week, and um, the p- police in, Bra- in Fortaleza have decided to go on strike during the carnival, which has caused chaos. Um, so the government have sent in the army. So there are cur- currently tanks parading the streets with machine guns trying to keep the peace in the city. Um, and in f- the space of four days, there were 180 homicides in the city just because of chaos, um, which is why it's so high up in the rankings. Um, and But it's still a city, and it's, a, it's a on the beach, so have a nice view of the Atlantic Ocean. So pretty, it's like Christchurch, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Um, and then the community where I live um, has the reputation of being the worst slum in the city. Um, it's got the reputation as um, the crack land of Fortaleza. Um, it's one of the most violent places. But actually, it's my favorite place in the city. And it's also very safe for me because I've been accepted as part of the community. Um, and... Yeah, I was talking to my friend Kathy at lunchtime, and we were just talking about how, like, the danger is very real. There's a lot of um, a lot of guns, a lot of um, police shooting people. Um, like, there's parties and stuff. The police shut it down by open firing. Um, 
and there's a lot of raids that happen. I had some police try and raid my house. Um, I'm from England, so we don't know what really guns are. And then it's like 15 armed policemen trying to get in your house. <laughs> so um, that's quite fun. Um, but actually, like in the middle of all of that, they're people and the drug dealers, um, the gang people, the people involved in the gangs, um, and the people who murder and torture and deal drugs on a daily basis, um, they're people. And I think I realized that when you're not afraid of a person, because you, you know that they're a person and they're just like us in the sense of being people. And I know that God loves them so much and I just feel that. So actually the guns are not scary because on the other side of the gun is a, is a person. And um, they speak Portuguese. I now speak Portuguese. That helps as well um, to <laughs> cross the gap of being able to speak to people. But they're still people. And so it's a terrifying, dangerous place. Um, this, it's poor, hopeless, violent. Um, it's a slum. And there's a lot of witchcraft that goes on. Um, but they're people. And behind every door it's a person behind every gun, it's a person behind every aggressive family member, they're a person, so that helps. That's amazing. Don't you, can you feel her heart? Just it's Jesus' heart for these people. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? I want to get inside your head, Katie. So tell me, how do you love these people that surround you in your community? She doesn't call it a slum. She doesn't call it favela. She calls it her community because she loves it. How do you love the people that surround you, Katie? So um, when people ask me what I do every day, I'm like, um, I spend a lot of time with people. Go for a lot of very small, they drink very small coffee in Brazil. They don't drink a real-sized coffee. So I um, go for lots of, they call it tiny coffee in Portuguese. <laughs> That's the word. So I go for lots of tiny coffees with people um, in their houses. Um, I spend a lot of time just walking around the slum. Um, when I get like an hour spare, like I just go out and walk around the streets and you normally can't get two houses down the road before someone invites you in and wants to chat. And actually, it's just, again, it's just seeing people. It's, it's seeing the grandma who's in her house and she's on her own and she wants to talk. It's, it's seeing the kids who want to play and who want to run around the streets with you. And it's, it's seeing the, the drug dealers who really need a touch from God. And actually, when they stop to talk to you, it's such a, a moment. They're so open. Um, and then there's other moments when we do evangelism into the drug den um, in the slum, which is probably like the deepest place in the in the favela. Um, and that looks like going right into the pit of it. And it's phenomenal. People will put their drugs down to listen to what God's got to say to them. Um, there's a lot of fear of God in, in Brazil. And that's such an open door to reach people. But loving people just looks like anything, really, like stopping, talking, see, seeing people, I guess. And um, I think everyone wants to feel seen and noticed. And they're the same. They're still people. And they're friends. And they're kids who need a cuddle and a tickle. And then they run off and <laughs> get up to chaos. That's amazing. So, Katie, tell us about your relationship with Jesus, with the Father. How do you, how do you hear his voice? Spinning around here. Like so fun. They're I want to so spin fun. all the way around. That's why I'm moving. I know we, we're being really restrained, aren't we, yeah. Katie? <laughs> um, so I, I would never be where I am without Jesus. And what I love about God is that 
Um, he has a track record of calling improbable people. And probably in England, I might not be that improbable to do something in England, but in Brazil, I'm definitely an improbable person to live in a slum. Um, and that means that I'm completely dependent on Jesus. When you've left everything and everyone behind and you've just got him, um, he's so real. And God is not a God of disappointment. He doesn't disappoint us. And he promised me when I, when he invited me to go to the slum with him, um, I remember saying like, I remember feeling terrified after saying yes. And um, that sense of this is going to happen now, even though it was completely impossible. Um, we've had lots of other people who've said over the time that they wanted to move there. And it's never happened. They've been Brazilians. They've been the, the perfect candidates. And um, I'm the imperfect candidate. Um, and as the most unbelievable person, God's opened the door. And that makes me so dependent on him. And he says, I am your light and your salvation. Of whom should you be afraid? And that means that when you're afraid, <laughs> you need Jesus. And he turns up. And he doesn't despise those who ask for help and cry out to him. And so I've learned that the best days are the ones that end with me <laughs> crying out for Jesus, playing Waymaker very loudly on my speaker. Um, and the days when the, like, it's just desperation because you see the suffering everywhere and you know that it's completely beyond you and it feels like a, an ant on a mountain really <laughs> trying to help people. Um, and that's when, that's when Jesus is there. That's when, you know, you know Jesus walk in the room. The first night I was there, um, I told everyone I was going to, my friends were going to stay in. I live on my own in this slum, um, which in Brazil is crazy to live on your own. Um, the Brazilians think it's crazy to live on your own. Um, and so I, I live on my own, um, and I'd never stayed a night in this favela before. And so I asked some of my friends who live there, um, who are Christians, volunteer with Iris, I asked them if they'd stay in my house. And then just before um, we were about to go to bed, I just felt Jesus say, why don't we just have this moment together? And so I sent them home. I didn't tell my family that I'd sent, sent them home. <laughs> um, so everyone thought I was staying with someone, but actually the presence of God in that moment was so thick. It was like Jesus walked in and, and I, I slept so well. My alarm woke me up the next day, which was not very nice. Um, but actually the most desperate moments are the moments when Jesus is so close and that's what we live for. I think the, like the, all the desperation and all the opportunities and all the three steps forward and five steps back, <laughs> um, I think I keep coming back to the Bible verse in John that says this is eternal life to know God and to know Jesus and we're going to spend eternity getting to know him so we can sp do that now and it's it's just like homework for eternity and actually that's the best part of everything is that in it I can meet with him and when there's traumatic dramatic things that happen which happen really frequently um it's it's not anyone that can help me because we're all making it up we have no idea what we're doing um and it's constantly in situations that we don't know how to deal with and that just means that Jesus has to come and help. And Jesus promises that he sent us Holy Spirit as a helper and a comforter. And when you need comfort, you know him as a comforter. And when you need help, you, need, you know him as a helper. And when you need provision, you see him as a provider. And I think when I realized that, I was like, we can't lose. Like either it's going smoothly and it's like, this is okay. 
And then the next minute, it's like you're drowning, and you know him as the lifesaver who is going to rescue you. So you either are all right, or you knowing Jesus more. And I'm so grateful for that, which I think is a little bit about how suffering becomes joy, because we meet Jesus, and he's the one who's joyful. Whoa. Katie, you're amazing. As mainly Westerners in this room, um, just your, how you live your life with Jesus is just beautiful. It's very inspirational. How, what would you say to us for our communities that we live in in how to love people really well? Um, find out how the Father loves them and find out how the Father loves you and be in these moments. Um, I was 13 when God put this on my heart and now 22 and I couldn't go out to Brazil until I was 21 when God opened the door for me to go so I just spent time getting to know God getting to know the father I came to the father heart conferences I was the one lying on the floor getting wrecked every time <laughs> and actually I got to know the father and every day I'm getting to know the father I can just reflect that when when I'm in a really hard situation and I'm feeling sad and God comes and hugs me then I go and meet someone and they're feeling sad. And emotions aren't like specific to situations, um, which is why people would say, oh, kids in Africa are happy. Yeah, because happy is an emotion. It doesn't, it's not about situations, it's an emotion. Um, and so when someone's feeling sad or lonely, what, would, what does God do for you when you're feeling sad and lonely? And I think seeing people. I think we're so busy in our lives in the West, um, rushing around, time schedule, 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 and just... Go out and find people. Go to where the people are. Um, I know that in this area, I grew up here, I know that there are some poor and deprived areas. And sometimes in poor and deprived areas, people have more time um, and they're more available. Um, sometimes in the richest place, people are very busy and running around. But wherever you are, if there's people, God's got a heart for them. And if you can ask him for his heart for them, you can tap into that. And you can love them with what he, how he's loving you. And seeing people like people ask me what I do every day and I'm like I just walk around my community or I go to another favela and walk around that one or I go to a different place and walk around or I go to the shopping mall and walk around and wherever I go there's people and it's there's the invitation from the father to to stop for each one not everyone <laughs> stop for the like the one in front of you and see them and love them in the same way that you're seen and you're loved but you can't do that unless you've experienced it you really got, you can't be a good parent if you don't know what a good parent's like. And maybe that's not from your parents, but maybe you get that from God. And so in the same way, you can't love someone if you don't know how he loves you. And Jesus says, in the same way the Father has loved me, I have loved you. And it's just the model. Jesus isn't like, I've stirred up all this greatness and here I am. He says, I've just received and I'm giving it. And that's what we're invited to. And he says, in the same way I have loved you, go. So the fathers love Jesus. Jesus has taught us to love and we go and love the world. And Jesus says, you're the light of the world. And the light isn't striving and rushing, it's shining. And so I'm so blessed that God has chosen this place for me. And such a, such a dark place, such a strong, dark, dark stronghold. Um, and I'm just so blessed to be like behind the lines and I just get to be there and actually find God's treasures there and love them and um, spend time with them. And that creates light. And where the lightness is, darkness can't be. So it's like we're doing our job <laughs> just by being vessels. And so just receive all you can. 
Because if it's really from God, it will flow out and it will change people. And it's just love that changes people. And if you get discouraged, play Waymaker on repeat. <laughs> Isn't she awesome? Can we just give her a really round of applause? I just think Katie's got something to impart to us, so I'm going to ask her to pray for one minute. God can do it in a minute, can't he? So are you, do you want to have an impartation of what she's got? Come on, let's stand. I actually just really want to read a quote that I have. This quote was so good, I wrote it in my Bible. Um, and then I just found out that actually it was Duncan who said it. <laughs> I know, it went in my Bible. It's the only quote I have. Like, I have one quote in my Bible. Um, and it says, God isn't looking for the exceptionally gifted or the impressively strong. He's looking for the wholehearted faithful ones, Duncan Lee. And actually, I just feel like this is a room full of potential. This is a room full of people who don't need to be gifted or strong or probable or um, the right people. This is, these are your people who can just wholeheartedly love him and be faithful and follow him. Um, and that just happens from encountering him and more of his heart. So, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, you're so beautiful. Jesus, you capture our hearts over and over again. You show us the fathers. You show us this eternity, this eternal one who draws us close. So, Father, I just pray right now that you would you'd do what you want to do, God. You'd stir in each heart, Jesus. You'd stir up desperation for you, for more of you, God. Holy Spirit, that you'd come closer than ever before. That you'd find the hungry ones. God, that you would come and touch lives with your love, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would raise up people in this room to go, to go to their communities, to go to the nations, to go to... Um, the poor to go to the dark places, to go to the hidden ones, to find your treasures, God. But I pray it wouldn't come from a servant mindset or um, a striving or performance, but they just lock eyes with you, Jesus. That wherever we go, God, you're with us. Even if we cross to the far side of the ocean, your right hand holds us. And you're our guide and our comfort. Jesus, you are the most beautiful amongst thousands. It is such a privilege to live our lives for you, God, to lay them down at your feet and see what you do. God, I just release dreams on hearts. I release an awakening of dreams that have been buried, God. I thank you that no one, no one is, is too late, God. I thank you that you are placing everyone. You're an artist, God, and you are creating a tapestry of placing people in the right places, in schools, in universities, in hospitals, in, um, in the streets, in their jobs, in their homes, with their children, in, in their businesses, in their churches. God, you are raising people up to shine, not because they've heard a good preach, not because they've been prayed for by someone special, but because they know the Father and they are known by the Father. God, we want to know you. We want to spend our lives knowing you. And we want to spend eternity knowing you. Come, Holy Spirit. You can do what you want to do.